to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Chris, and with me always is the Peter to my Brian, Tony. Say hey, Tone. Butt scratcher! Here's your butt scratcher here! Butt scratcher! 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 What's up, everybody? It is episode 55, the Bradley Chubb episode. Not really, it's just the number of the Broncos. Hey, that works. Man, it is... Well, this is uh, this is a nice treat. Every other week, you guys are getting uh, more updated proton packs, and new entertainment news. Yep. Coming to you. Yeah, once every two weeks, I think, is uh, sort of our nice little niche here during the uh, coronavirus pandemic in the amount of news that's been coming out. Not enough to do it on a weekly basis, but once every two weeks, every, we'll be here for you. Every time you say coronavirus, I just want to hit that WAP. I guess WAP is <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys joining us, whether you're watching live right now or you're tu- tuning in uh, later on or uh, downloading us on the podcast. But uh, let's go ahead and kick off the show the way we do each and every show with our shameless plugs. You got that button ready for Tom? Oh, shameless plug time. Somewhere let's right. roll, homie. It's shameless plug time. And if in these hills that Juan Valdez and his trusty goat gather coffee beans every morning. Money is cool. Money is always cool. So kicking off our shameless plugs, going to start out with uh, Rough Riders. Roughriders.org is my dog rescue nonprofit. It's a local 501c3 nonprofit. What we do is we pull dogs from the rural kill shelters, bring them here to the metro areas, work with the uh, local shelters and local rescues to find them homes, give them a second chance at life. Uh, If you folks want to learn more about what we do or how you might be able to donate, donations are always accepted. Head over to roughriders.org or to uh, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash roughridersaves. So uh, lots lots of great dogs that have been saved. We've got a couple here, uh, you know, that are our own personal dogs that we love and cherish and uh, wouldn't happen without Rough Riders. So there's that. And then Tony, you do a little uh, pop culture radio show with our friend Jimmy Jones every Sunday. Tell us about it, will you? Yeah, so every Sunday night, if you're in the Carson City or Northern Nevada area, if you tune in to 95.1 KNVC, Carson City local radio, uh, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., Jimmy Jones hosts the Pop Culture Kaboom Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. Jimmy brings you all the latest of the Comic-Cons, uh, toys, video games, TV, movies, everything you need, everything you want. Jimmy Jones brings it to you. I just jump in and I do the movie segment with him at 7.40 p.m. till 8 p.m. So you can catch me for about 20 minutes on the show. Um, very, He's got a lot of entertaining stuff to talk about. He has guests every week. Very cool show. Check it out. Uh, that's Pop Culture Kaboom. Follow it on Facebook. Um, like it and or listen to it at uh, KMVC.org. You can stream it anywhere in the world. Uh, they even have uh, back episodes, so you can go back and listen to it. But uh, 
95.1 FM KMVC Radio. Very cool. And speaking, I didn't even have cheat sheet there. That was just memory. Just off the top Local of your head. Memory. Yeah, you're firing yeah. on all cylinders today. Speaking of radio. Stay away from the alcohol. That's why I stuck <laughs> That the always helps, yeah. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. of radio, Tony and I do a show every morning called the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It's a two-hour, just sort of variety, fun comedy Whatever we really feel about talking, uh, we've got uh, ongoing segments that we do. We've got uh, regular daily and weekly segments. And then, of course, we've got call-in topics that we invite people to call in and uh, chime in on whatever we may uh, be talking about for that day. Now, with that uh, being the case, if you want to learn more about the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, best resource is probably the Facebook page. So if you go to facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix radio, and as I say on there, that's Christian with a K Phoenix with an F (laughs) radio, of course, with an R. And uh, from there we stream live video and uh, always post uh, uh, rebroadcast podcasts as well. So uh, having a blast doing it, get to uh, chat with Tony every single day, which is a lot of fun. Uh, we do cover a little bit of pop culture stuff, but for the most part, it's a little more general entertainment. Yeah, I was going to say, it, there's hints of Proton on there, but it's just a little bit of segment. Um, <laughs> Lacey earlier texted me, and she said, the phoenix and the fox damn it so earlier she texted me and it, we were going to commercial and uh she's like you should call it the phoenix and the fox show like f-a-w-k-e-s like i'd be tony fox or something like that <laughs> phoenix and the fox damn it so just giving her a shout out to that always fun Lacey michael thanks for always chiming in on the podcast when we're doing this live as well as supporting us on the uh, radio show yeah um it's killer but uh it's all pop culture tonight, kids. It is. So we've got your geeky neutered. N- yeah. Neutered? Neutered. Your geeky neutered news. Holy shit, man. <laughs> I could even say shit. Yeah, I so can't do that go. on the radio. Geeky Mm-mm. nerdy news. In fact, uh, we don't even have a soundbite for this first one because we normally kick off with TV, but we don't have much to talk about radio. So uh, let's go ahead and start with our first story tone. The Superman radio series from the 1940s will be revived for DC Fandom. This this would be the part where you play the, from the stories told before, this is <laughs> from the news around the world, this is your news with Austin Fano. Right there. Lacey also said words are hard, buddy. Words, words are, hard. are hard. But And, <laughs> you know, it's funny because we are doing this show exactly 12 hours after we did our morning show this morning. So, yeah. Uh, it's been a long day of talking. Uh, you know, I work at the radio station producing shows and, and co-hosting shows. And so I spend most of the day talking just to come home and sit here and talk with you guys. So, uh, but always love it. Always love, uh, you know, the pop culture stuff that we do. So back to I was Superman. I going to say, too, if you, if you want to alternate stories, I mean, I haven't talked much today. So we could if you want to save some of that golden voice. I'm good for now. Let me know. I will let you yeah, know. Yeah, you let me know. <laughs> All right. Well, DC Fandome will be returning actually this weekend with all sorts of new goodies, one of which will be a revival of the classic 1940s Superman radio show featuring a sprawling cast of actors. Using original scripts from the long-running radio serial recently unearthed from the Warner Brothers studio vaults, this rare, never-before-seen production will allow fans to experience the Man of Steel in a unique way courtesy of Warner Brothers Television and the Creative Coalition. The revival of the Superman radio series will feature Tim Daly, who you may know from Madam Secretary or uh, uh, Wings 
for those of you who uh, enjoyed 90s sitcoms. Uh, Daniel Day Kim from Hawaii Five O and Wilson Cruz from Star Trek Discovery, each voicing the Man of Steel in separate episodes. They said, uh, we are thrilled to join comic fans and creators at DC Fandom. Encourage Superman fans to learn more about the Creative Coalition's mission to support the arts by visiting thecreativecoalition.org. We are grateful to Warner Brothers in DC for supporting that work. And aside from the names that I listed, there's a huge list of, of big names that are going to be part of this, including Jason Alexander, um, Anthony Kerrigan, Terry Crews, Giancarlo Esposito, Nicholas <laughs> Gonzalez, uh, Richard Kind, Jason Isaacs, Anthony Rapp, uh, Tamara Toon, Tony Shaloub, uh, Alfre Woodard, and Constant Zimmer. So uh, big names. And Henry Winkler. And Henry Winkler. Hey. I just think it's funny because you did exactly what I did on the show too, man. There's just so many names. You're like, eh, let's just read the big ones. Yeah, skip around a little yeah. bit because there's some names I don't, I don't recognize. But uh... Yeah. <laughs> hey, I hear you, homie. That's uh, how I felt uh, reading the article too. Yeah, so the last DC Fandom was fantastic. Uh, it was a Saturday event, I want to say three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Um, I don't know how this one's going to differ, but it will be this Saturday. So if uh, you're a fan of DC stuff, worth checking out. Hey, I'm excited for it. Um, I, I think DC's hitting everything on uh, all cylinders this year. Oh, totally. um, as, weird, as weird as that is, I mean, 2020 is a weird effed up year anyhow. Right. But uh, it's uh, it's crazy because we, we usually on the show – kind of poke fun of how bad dc flubs everything up yep. but uh yeah they've been doing it great fandom was a success a massive success and uh, as you informed me earlier this one's going to focus more on the comic book aspects and uh more of those lines uh more uh, away from the first one which was about tv shows movies right. and things of that nature so uh but kudos to dc man Very doing good. it up right i'm I'm excited to see what comes out of fandom too here. I am too. I am too. So uh, yeah, I'll probably be tuning in at least a little bit this Saturday. Uh, and I'm going to go through and look at the schedule, see if there's anything worth checking out. So that does it awesome. for radio news, which is a little strange. But uh, Tony, get that button ready because we're rolling into TV oh, news. it is time. Let's go, bub. Here we go. The cream of the crop. Hey, baby. Let's go, Bob. Excellent. Hail to the king. And one of these days, we're going to rework those intros so that way we get a nice. Oh, uh, yeah. Consistent... I was thinking that too. I think I said by like episode 50, I was going to fix it. That was five uh, <laughs> right. episodes ago. But whatever. Yeah. You know, one, one day it'll be revamped. Exactly. Eh. Uh, depends on how motivated in time. There's not a lot of time no, to sit there and do that. Nope. No. No. We'll we'll get there eventually though. But uh kicking off TV news and while it's Kick it! while it's not exactly pop culture geeky nerdy, we did make reference to it at the beginning of the show. Uh we're big yeah, fans of Butt Scratcher. A <laughs> family guy. Uh at least we were. I haven't uh really watched the last couple seasons, but uh, <laughs> such a funny, funny, great show. Well, while he was known by most as TV's iconic Batman, actor Adam West found a home late in his career on Fox's animated sitcom Family Guy, voicing Quahog's mayor. 
For nearly two decades, Mayor West was a staple of the series, but that run came to an end with the passing of the actor back in 2017. Now, three years after his death, the series has found a new mayor to replace West's popular character. Sam Elliott, who remains immensely popular in his own right, will be taking on the job going forward. EW revealed on Wednesday morning that Elliot has been tapped to appear in a reoccurring role in Family Guy, beginning with the upcoming 19th season. This new mayor is actually a cousin of the late Mayor West, and uh, due to Elliot's voice and career, will be named Wild Wild West. That makes sense. Yes, his first <laughs> and middle name are both Wild. Elliot's character is set to make his debut in a November episode of the series. Uh, I love Sam Elliott's voice. If you listen to our radio show, every once in a while you get those Smokey Bear commercials. He does the voice of Smokey Bear. And uh, I think he'll be a good addition to the show. I do too. I was a huge fan of him in the uh, uh, the ranch on Netflix. Okay. Uh, he was fantastic in that show. That show got a little bit much as the seasons went on, but he was a fantastic part of it. So, uh, you know, I think him being in there, it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, should be fun. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to our next TV story. You know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, if you wish hard enough, it just might come true. We were saying that the last couple seasons of The Walking Dead have been a little long in the tooth. But it looks like the dead yeah. will stay dead. Yeah. No. It has been announced that AMC's flagship series, The Walking Dead, will be coming to an end with an expanded 11th season. However, no need to worry, fans, while the parent series uh. will be ending. <laughs> For whatever reason, your uh, sound bites are cutting out a little bit uh, over Zoom. But oh. there we go. But uh, while the parent series will be ending, the brand will still be very much alive via a planned spinoff featuring Norma, Norman Reedus and Melissa McBride in their roles as Daryl Dixon and Carol P Pelletier. Carol, Carol Baskins? Carol. Daryl Dixon and Carol Baskins. <laughs> as was announced at this year's virtual Comic-Con at home, the pandemic delayed The Walking Dead season 10 finale will now air as a special episode on October 4th, 2020, with 10 additional episodes to air in 2021 for the current cycle. From there, the 11th and final season of the series will run over two years for a grand total of 24 episodes. So even though fans will have to say goodbye, it'll be a while before those farewells take place. Showrunner Angela Kang had this to say about one door closing and another one opening with the new spinoff at AMC. She said, I look forward to digging in with our brilliant writers, producers, directors, cast, and crew to bring this epic final chapter of Robert Kirkman's story to life for our fans over the next two years. The Walking Dead flagship series has been my creative home for a decade, and so it's bittersweet to bring it to an end. But I could not be more excited to be working with Scott Gimple and AMC to develop a new series for Daryl and Carol. Working with Norman Reedus and Melissa McBride has been a highlight of my career, and I'm thrilled that we get to keep telling stories together. So that looks like it's another spinoff on top of the one uh, that they're looking at releasing, which is called, not seeing it on here, The Walking Dead World Beyond, I want to say, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, it is. So uh, we're going to get a lot more Walking Dead, but I, I think it's about time that uh, the original series comes to an end. Yeah, they should have wrapped it up a while ago. The minute Rick Grimes left, they, yeah. they should have wrapped that one up. I mean, <sighs> but they kind of, this is one thing that pisses me off about Walking Dead, is anytime they do these announcements, 
they take away the the the, the surprise factor. Right. So we they know Daryl's not going to die. We know Carol's yeah. not going to die. And they always do this too. Like they did that. They they spoiled it when they said Michonne was leaving the show. They right. spoiled it with Rick. Like there's no surprise element in from like season eight on. They advertise it so you watch it, but it's like you gave away the biggest story. Like I'd rather be shock and awe and be like, "Holy crap! Did they kill him? I'm, is he really dead?" Right. But you're like, "Oh no, he left the show, but he's we're gonna do three movies with him." <laughs> So obviously he's alive and they're going to tell his own arc. Yeah. Now we know that Carol and Daryl are going to survive all this. So there's no worries and no, and there's literally, if they're put in any bad situation, there's no way I could care for those characters because I know nothing's going to happen to them. Right. Whereas the early walking dead, man, you had no idea. Right. If you were a main character or not, you just didn't know. Like, yeah. When Negan you killed, die. Yeah, Negan killed off Glenn. That was a shock, even though it happened in the comics, right. you know, it, well, and they did such a good swerve with that because you had, a, you knew in the comics, that's how it was going to go. But when they killed Abraham, you're like, oh, good, Glenn's fine. Oh, my God, they killed Glenn. What the hell? But they got you, yeah. you know, and they, they've gotten away from that. And that's one thing that really bothers me. Um, I'm not sad to see it go. Um, I'm happy that it's finally – it's not even really wrapping up. It kind of has just become its own thing. Right. It, it like, essentially has three more seasons coming out. Yeah. I, I really just want to know what caused it and – how do you move forward at this point? Is there a cure for it? Right. That, that's all I want to know. Yeah. I need my, I need my prequel. I need to know how it started. And I, now I need to know how it ends. And all the stories in between are great. I just need a beginning and an ending to this. Makes sense. That's all. Well, we got, yeah. we got a couple years, but uh, fans of the series, it is coming to an end, at least in that incarnation. All right, Tony, let's move on to uh, some Spider-Man ish news spider-man spider-man so he's a little spider-man so sony and amazon are reportedly in talks for multiple marvel tv series years ago amazon was one of the contenders for the package of live action marvel shows that ended up on netflix now it looks like amazon may get a second chance to play in the marvel realm according to deadline sony and amazon Amazon are in advanced negotiations for a suite of TV shows based on Marvel Spider-Man adjacent characters. At the top of the list is the Korean American superheroine known as Silk, aka Cindy Moon, which Let me lick you up and down. <laughs> in Marvel's com comic book universe, Cindy went to high school with Peter Parker, and she was also bitten by the same radioactive spider that gave Peter his powers. Ooh, they're like Eskimo buddies. <laughs> Silk and Spider-Man have very similar powers <laughs> as a result. However, Silk's control over her webbing is more refined than Spider-Man's. Additionally, additionally, Lauren Moon, a scribe on Netflix's Atypical, wrote the pilot script for Silk. Now, uh, looking through, it doesn't uh, mention any of the other possible characters that would uh, be going over there. I know that they've been trying to develop Silk maybe for the movie series, but uh, I think this might actually be a better way to go considering she's a lesser known character. Yeah, they should have done this too with uh, as badass as Morbius looked. I haven't seen anything on Morbius in a long time, but Morbius would have been cooler as a show. I think all the lesser known characters for the Spider-Man universe would have been better starting out as shows than becoming movies. Yeah. I mean, Sony Sony has it tough in that, uh, you know, th those adjacent Spider-Man characters aren't really well known. So 
They've got to treat them really well. In fact, uh, to the point that I heard they're doing a uh, Craven standalone movie spinoff, whatever it may be. Yeah. And again, I, I don't know if he's enough to carry an entire movie on his own. No, definitely not. But you could do those characters, start building up the Sinister Six, start tying it together, and then maybe you could build a movie that way. I agree. I agree. But uh, they're doing they're doing everything they can, so Marvel can't get their hands on that property. Right. They're they're just they're grasping at straws at this point. They're like, who else is in this damn catalog? Ah, <laughs> oh, let's go over there. Wicker Man. There's no Wicker Man. Well, there's gonna be. We're gonna create a backstory on this Wicker Man character. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how far Sony gets. But uh, you know, the only reason that Spider-Man's so popular is because they essentially handed him back to um, Marvel to do what they need to with it. And then uh, you know, Venom sort of rode that wave a little bit, but still not as good as the Marvel movies. Nope. You know, I think what they. Uh... I think in exchange to continue to use Spider-Man into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, let Kevin Feige kind of come in and help refine them and kind of help guide that, I think would be such a bad idea. I agree. I agree. Well, let's move on from one Marvel property at a streaming service to another Marvel property at a different streaming service. Hulu has revealed the logo for Marvel's MODOK adult animated series, one of several Marvel projects that the streaming service will be launching. Hulu actually confirmed that MODOK will be among the series that it brings to New York Comic Con 2020, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, which will be a virtual event due to the coronavirus pandemic. The MODOK. Oh, you said it again. I did. Every time you, every time you say it, it's going to be like the Pee Wee Herman show. Go ahead and drop it. I guess what, bitch? <laughs> coronavirus! <laughs> the MODOK logo is a pretty cool design, which has a very techie Iron Man and or AIM aim vibe with its uh, circuitry aesthetic. It also has a nice Easter egg in the Marvel logo, which is designed to look like the headband MODOK wears in order to focus his massive mental power into mind beams. And we'll post this up on the uh, Facebook page if you don't get a chance to uh, check it out on your own. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully the Marvel adult animated series is along the same lines as what DC is doing with Harley Quinn, where it is vulgar and violent and hilarious. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It's um, the whole fact that I thought this got canceled. So I'm really happy to hear that it it has not. I'm stoked to see the cast in here, too. Um you know, Patton Oswalt's going to yep. be Modoc. Um, Amy Garcia, um, I've been watching a lot of Lucifer. She's great. She's in uh, she's in it as Jody. I don't know who is Modoc's wife. So that's going to be fun. Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz is hilarious. Is Lou. Uh, Melissa F uh, Fumero from uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine is going to be Melissa. Uh, Wendy McLendon Covey, Covey of the Goldbergs. Um, I know Mike and Lacey are huge fans of the Goldbergs. Beck Bennett from Bill and Ted Face the Music and Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's uh, okay. I know who that is. <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot of people in there. So yeah. uh, I think it's going to be cool. I'm very excited for it, and I'm, I'm with you, man. I hope it kind of goes with a little cheeky R-rated, and uh, it's animated, so it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, we'll keep you posted when it is. And like Christian said, um, as soon as this show is done, everything that we talk about today, I will post on our Facebook page. So. 
Yep, including this next one, which I think is already on there. So uh, going out of the world of Marvel into Star Wars, something we've been looking forward to and we know we've got a release date for now, is The Mandalorian Season 2 will expand the Ooh. ideas introduced in the debut songs. <laughs> and explore the larger Star Wars universe, including new stories that won't be isolated to the main character. Talking to Enter Entertainment Weekly, series creator and executive producer John Favreau said, the new season is about introducing a larger story in the world. The stories become less isolated, yet each episode has its own flavor, and hopefully we're bringing a lot more scope to the show. The EW reports Ooh. says uh, Favreau uh, notes that the stories will look beyond being Mando-centric, suggesting we could see episodes that frame the supporting cast as protagonists. That supporting cast features Carl Weathers and Gina Carano, who can both be seen in the photo that uh, we're going to post on there. I'm looking forward to it. It drops the day before Halloween. I know we're going to get more backstory on the Darksaber, which was teased at the end of Season 1. And uh, I, I know... Tony, you, you're about as excited for this as I am. Oh, dude, I'm flipping huge. If you can't see on this, right here, man. Baby Yoda, Bruin, right here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm stoked, man. What a great show. Um, there's not too many shows that hook me enough to keep my ass planted, you know, in a busy, <laughs> the busy lifestyle I have. Obviously, I we'll, when we get to crossing the streams, I'll tell you what I've been watching, but uh, um yeah, Mandalorian definitely will be hooking. And like you said, at least that one is week by week. So it's not like unless you let it build, you're not going to be sitting there getting glued to the seat. Right, so. right. Don't have to binge it. And uh, it's one of those things that you look forward to uh, its release each week. And uh, it's uh, what they used to call appointment television, which they don't really have now because everything is on demand. But uh, it's, it's about as close as you get to it as possible. Absolutely, man. I am stoked for that. Uh, I'm sure you guys are too. If you're watching the show, obviously, I'd imagine you're pretty stoked. So Exactly. So now we we'll want to do something that's a, a new feature. So uh, over the last few episodes, we've been doing what we call behind the streams, which uh, essentially we've been picking one little known show, little known movie from one of the streaming services, talking about it, and seeing if it's something that you guys would want to uh, take a look at. Well, now we're doing something called Crossing the Streams, which in essence, uh, now that movie theaters are open and they're doing sort of this dual theater run premium video on demand, we're going to sort of blur those lines and uh, review some of the movies that are available either on one or both. Starting off with uh, a movie you saw over the weekend, I didn't get a chance to yet, but uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Tony, give us uh, your breakdown of that movie, spoiler-free. I don't know if you could even give spoilers uh, with as yeah. convoluted as uh, I understand the st story is, but um, let us know what you thought. Yeah, um, so it was definitely, let me just bring it up. I wrote this down perfectly in my horrible review. It's very basic and simple for you. Here you go. So if it loads, sorry, I was not quite ready for that. But, uh, How dare you? How dare you? Okay, the movie is almost a perfect reason that I love going to see movies. It's loud. It's action-packed. It had my attention, even though I got lost sometimes. It made me excited to see Robert Pattinson as the Batman. He did good. Here's some of the pros to the movie. Okay. Awesome action, original story, enjoyable movie experience. The cons, 
It's a little long, confusing at times, and it may turn some people off because it just, you just sometimes it's hard for your brain to wrap why one thing is going one way and one's going the other way. It explains it at the end, but during the movie, it doesn't really explain it. So you're trying to be like, well, what the hell is going on? Are they time traveling? Are they slowing down time? Like, what the hell is going on? My head hurts. So um, that's basically, in a nutshell, what I thought of it. Now, I gave it four out of five. Okay. Um, It's definitely a movie to go see on big screens. If you guys enjoy Christopher Nolan movies, you know what to expect. It's along the lines of Inception. It makes you think. It's definitely an original story. It's not a sequel to Inception. It has nothing to do with that. But along those same lines of just really thinking outside the box. And then once you know what it is, you can kind of get behind and be like, all right, I like that. Now, I personally loved it. I I thought the action was great. Um, it just, yeah. I mean, I just, what else can I say? But it needs to be seen in theaters. Definitely not something I'd watch for the first time at home. Okay. All right. I Not unless you had a bitchin' like big TV, <laughs> loud, loud speakers. Surround I mean, sound, but yeah. It is, it is the reason why you go to a theater, man. The experience, top notch. Sounds to me it's like uh, many Christopher Nolan movies that the second time you go back to watch it, it'll make much more sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was like that with Interstellar. I watched, you know, first time I was like, what the hell? And then we watched it a second time, and it was like, okay, all right, I get it. Yeah, I was dating somebody at the time. That's why I said we. Obviously, it's just me and nobody. (laughs) (laughs) And that goes all the way back to Nolan's first big break movie, Memento, which, again, was a movie that was essentially uh, cut in reverse. And, uh, you know, great movie, led on to the Dark Knight trilogy, and uh, he has quite the track record of making just fantastic movies oh he does um dunkirk was the only one that was a little on the different side but uh that was still a good movie in its own right as well yeah that one was much more straightforward than uh, some of the weirdness that we're used to with him exactly all right moving on with our reviews of uh, crossing the streams a uh movie that we both saw in theaters is the new mutants and of course uh you know as the nerd world turns, those fans who uh, have tuned <laughs> we in. finally got to do it. As the nerd world turns, it's a new mutant story. <laughs> it happened. It finally happened, you know, with as many times as it was pushed back and reshoots and delayed. And then it's coming to streaming. It's not coming to streaming. It finally dropped a couple weeks ago. Went to go see it in theaters. And you know what? I went in with really low expectations, came out pleasantly surprised. Uh, it had some good, scary moments. It, it's you know definitely not a comic book movie that you take the kids to see. Um, you know, knowing the New Mutants, the storyline behind it, it was nice seeing some of those characters. There were a few little teases that they dropped in there that uh, make me wish that they paid off a little bit better. But the overall theme of the movie, feel of the movie, acting in the movie, I enjoyed. Not the best X-Men movie out there, but certainly not the worst. It was no Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it was definitely, it. in my opinion, it doesn't, to break it down real easy, it doesn't really take place in the universe of the X-Men. Well, it does, but... It's just in the comic book sense. The best way I could sum it up is take a Nightmare on Elm Street, 
the X-Men universe, put it in there, subtract the X-Men, subtract Freddy Krueger, <laughs> and you kind of have the new mutants. It's kind of like that. But uh, I went in low expectations. I gave it a three and a half out of five on the uh, horrible movie review scale. Um, Anna Taylor-Joy, fantastic as magic. Oh, yeah. I really liked her character. Yep. She was badass. Uh, Wolfsbane uh, by Macy uh, Williams did a great job uh, from uh, Game of Thrones. It was just so weird because she was so young in that. Right, like right. Game of Thrones was still really early. Um, it hadn't finished up yet. But uh, I would say this movie is more meant to be as a streaming flick. Like this would be better off watching it at home than the big screen, if I have to be honest with it. That's where I'd put this one. Yeah, I get not awful. But not fantastic either. Yeah, I get the sense that they stripped out some of the connections to the X-Men universe in hopes that it would do well enough that it would spawn a uh, sequel uh, under the MCU or could even play into the MCU uh, once they introduce mutants and however they end up doing that. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, it was enjoyable for what it was. Um, yeah, yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with you. Three and a half out of five. Yeah, I'm happy it got to see the light of day finally. I right. mean... It was sure as hell a lot better than that bootleg Fantastic Four that we grew up, that they filmed, <laughs> that we never saw until uh, we got a hold of a bootleg copy. And what a pile of crap that oh, was. Oh, yeah. Woof. Yeah, that was garbage. Yeah, so this was way better than that. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's worth it's worth your time as a Redbox rental or on demand. Not really worth going to the theater for. Uh, unless you just have Jones and they go back to the theater, then I support that because there's not much else playing. So you might as well. Yep. And speaking of which, moving on to our third movie review and crossing the streams, we're talking Bill and Ted face the music. It's the third installment of the franchise. Obviously Excellent. It takes place many years later. It's a movie that I was actually waiting to hit theaters, but it's not playing in any of the theaters around here. So I've been hesitant to watch it on premium video on demand here at home but it might be the way I have to go. But Tony, you did see it. Uh, did you see it in theaters? And what did you think? No, I saw it. I didn't get to write a horrible review yet on it, but I did see it on demand. Um, oh, buddy. Okay, so let me just say, I like it because I like the Bill and Ted movies. I would definitely, without spoiling it, I would say it takes a lot of, if you take part one, and a lot of elements from part two, Bogus Journey. And then you kind of did the Force Awakens kind of deal with it, where we're going to take everything you know and love, kind of combine it, and we're going to tell this new story while still trying to stay in the vein of these other two stories. Then you got, you know, Bill and Ted face the music. Um, it kind of reminded me of like when Jim Carrey and uh, Jeff Daniels got back together for Dumb and Dumber 2. Gotcha. They waited too long, just too long. It's I am not I'm not being negative on it. If you like the first two Bill and Ted's, you're gonna like Bill and Ted Face the Music. I enjoyed it for what it was. Is it something super fantastic? Not really. I'm even kind of bummed that the whole little air guitar, which I'm gonna play again for you. Excellent. They don't do that a whole lot in the movie. It happens, but it's not near as much and. They still talk like this. And I got to say, Keanu Reeves, like to watch him try to do that looks painful. Oh, I'm like sure. he looks like he's in a lot of pain when he's like, I know, Ted, we got to tell Missy <laughs> and Missy. It's not the same Missy, but they've got Missy in it and aged quite uh, 
Yeah. It's just, you know, it obviously it's 30 years later. They're going to look older. They're going to be right. different. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, um, not going to spoil anything for you. If you if you like Bill and Ted, you're going to enjoy it. Um, I think you're really going to like it. You're not going to love it. Uh, and I think that's kind of the hard thing. If you're a big fan of these movies, you're a little disappointed. Another good thing, too, is like another way to do it is like Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Right. Did you did you love it or did you just like it? I just liked it. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's how you're going to feel with this. It's kind of taking a classic and just here you go. All right. But uh, and without you know, any... I still have high hopes for Ghostbusters, though. Oh, still high hopes. Without still any... high hopes. <laughs> without any I'm spoilers, sorry. I understand there were some uh, fun cameos in the movie, though. Very fun cameos in there. Um, some good stuff. And the music was good, too, for what it was. I mean, the whole premise of trying to unite the world with one amazing song, and the song was not really that amazing. Uh, fun. They uh, Weezer did a fun music video. Uh, for it which i thought was awesome um yeah it's enjoyable fi- a flick i'd give that also probably a three and a half out of five um fair enough it was it was not the most excellent adventure <laughs> but it was still quite enjoyable all so right, all right i like it all right well speaking of movies that are in theaters you know what tony i think you got to dust that button off because we haven't used it in a long time oh woof we f- I gotta say, it is Missy, by the way. Missy aged horribly. Did she really? Uh, oh, Lacey wow. just sent me a thing. She goes, it is her. Whoa. Oh, no. Okay, well, Missy's in it, and Missy, uh, at 30 <laughs> years later, let's just be nice. Be nice, because that could be me one day. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, thanks for correcting me, Lace. Tony, dust off the button. We haven't used it in a while, but we have a brand new box office report. Oh, huh. Where are you? <laughs> There's a lot of cobwebs on this damn thing. Hold on here. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. You put me on spot. Uh, no. Nope, not that one. <laughs> oh, yes, I, I buy some time because, yeah, the box office report, you know. I can't find it. All I'm right. sorry. We get Tony's low rent version of it, but you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just it's not on there. <laughs> and it's crazy because we use it every day for uh, <laughs> for ours. Oh, here you go. Sorry. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> cobwebs, cobwebs, man. <laughs> it's, it's like love life. You got to blow the cobwebs off. You forget how to use sometimes, you know? <laughs> Well, we're gonna run. At least you don't know. I know. We're gonna run down the top ten movies in the box office now that we finally have one again. Uh, it was no surprise that Ooh. Tenet took the number one spot this last weekend at the box office, and uh, you know, actually did pretty well considering that major cities like New York and Los Angeles are still locked down, theaters aren't open there, and it brought in twenty point two million. Um, Ooh. Obviously, not what they were expecting if there wasn't the whole uh, coronavirus pandemic. Don't know if you still have that button ready, Tone. Coronavirus. It is right down here. Coronavirus! <laughs> coronavirus! Yeah, so they initially expected it to uh, make 80 to $90 million in its uh, opening weekend, especially given that it's a Labor Day weekend. But 20.2, not bad considering the circumstances. 
No, I got to give that one a... The cream of the crop! That was the top dog this week. Well deserved. Very much so. Uh, in second place, the other movie we mentioned, The New Mutants, uh, made a paltry $2.8 million after being number one the previous weekend with $7 million. But again, given the circumstances, it's it's not too bad. A uh, big drop from Yowie, that opening weekend. Yeah. But, uh, you know, those who I think wanted to see it went out and saw it. Everybody else is just going to wait for it to show up on demand. Absolutely. And I think you bring up the greatest point in that. You, it's really big when you think about New York and Los Angeles not showing movies. I mean, it, that's huge. So kudos to New Mutants still bringing in money on that. Yeah. So. yeah. And those are only a couple of the cities that are still locked down. So, uh, you know what? It's, it's nice to see at least some movies in theaters uh the third absolutely third place movie with 1.6 million was the russell crowe road rage film unhinged and uh you know it was number one for a number of weeks uh road rage when there was nothing else going on but uh i don't know any desire to see that movie in theaters tone uh just because there's nothing else out actually it it to me reminds me of like kind of a modern day uh joyride you remember that yeah, paul walker yeah. kind of reminds me of that like yeah like when you think of the, the the scheme of things a truck driver chasing down somebody because they made fun of him on the radio turned out to be for the time i don't i haven't seen it in so long so i don't know how it holds up today if anyone's seen it recently chime in let us know but uh you know joyride was such a fun movie i thought back then that i'm kind of intrigued by this uh Mr. Uh, and I screwed this up on a radio show. So this is uh, um, definitely uh, not Russell Crowe. Or this it is, is Russell, Russell Crowe, Crow. not, not Gerard Butler, there like I go. screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it just looks like he, you know, he went ape crazy, uh, road raging and uh, chasing this poor lady throughout the movie. It looks intense. I could probably wait for on demand or something, but uh you never know if I get the itch to go to see another movie and nothing's out. I'll let you know. I, I actually do want to see it, though. Yeah, uh, it looks like Russell Crowe's packed on a few pounds, though. Uh, he's Well, and chunky. I couldn't tell. I, apparently, yeah. Well, when I saw trailers for Greenland with Gerard Butler, I was like, oh, well, Gerard Butler's other movie's already out. And you're like, <laughs> no, that's Rus Russell Crowe, dude. Different so, yeah, he has, he has definitely gained some weight. But that's, you know, <laughs> stuff just happens. All right, uh, moving on, uh, fourth place with $610,000, uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. And like I said, it's not even showing in our you know little minor markets here. So, uh, you know, yeah. good for them for pulling that in. Excellent! Here in Fort Collins, um, I've already seen it, so I don't think I'll go to theaters. Um, to be honest with you, I don't even think it's a theater-quality movie. I think it's... It is an on-demander. All right. It is what it is. It's funny. I'm looking through. Station. There's not even enough movies to do a top 10. So rounding out the top seven. <laughs> in oh, buddy. In fifth place, you have the personal history of David Copperfield with 361,000. Oh, I can't wait to see that movie. <laughs> My sensor button didn't work, but it's a good thing I didn't really say that. You have the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, with $345,000. And then Words on Bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Words on bathroom walls have no idea what that is with 200. Oh, it's about that time when you and then that other time where you and you then you person and then that person and 
Call for a good time. I was, Bathroom wall. I was just going to say, is it call for yeah. a good time etched into the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what the movie's about. You little slut. I'll write your number on the wall. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for the box office report. Not a top 10, but top seven. That works. All right. Let's move on to Blu-ray releases. Again, a little paltry. Blu-ray, you say? <laughs> um, let's see. September 15th, so next Tuesday... You have Next Tuesday. a animated film weathering with you. It looks like it's uh, in the vein of, uh, oh, who's the the big anime um, Totoro? Oh, yeah. Uh, not Guillermo del Toro. No, 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 no. Right? It's a famous anime, huh? Yep. That guy. It's the one that did like, uh, he did like My Neighbor Totoro and... Uh, Ponyo. Yes. Yeah. It's one of those. I don't. I want to watch Ponyo. <laughs> we won't dwell on it too much. Also coming to Blu-ray uh, this yeah. Tuesday is Killing Eve Season 3. Um, a show that I heard is actually quite good. Haven't checked it out myself. There is a uh, new Kevin James movie called Becky coming out on Oh, Blue yeah. Light. He plays a villain in that movie. It looks interesting. Yeah. It, we covered it on Pop Culture. He's a departure. It's not a comedy. It's actually a Kevin James flick I'd, I'd watch. Hey, hey. You know, it's... Yeah, he's got good, uh, good stuff for you. Very cool. And then we have uh, two classic movies coming on, uh, what they're calling the Vestron Video Collector Series. You have Little Vestron. Little Monsters, which is a classic. I still love that movie. Oh, Howie Mandel and Fred Savage, a.k.a. me. Your lookalike. Doppelganger, me. <laughs> Wonder Years, Winnie Cooper. And then uh, David Cronenberg Shivers, which uh, Cronenberg, if you know, does some... Did some early, like, really gross-out uh, horror movies. Um, okay. I think Scanners is probably my favorite, where you've got Michael Ironhide. Shiver me, Timbers! It comes out on Tuesday. Shivers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, not much to report on the Blu-ray uh, list, but uh, that is what is coming out. All right, Tony, get that other button ready, because we are headed into oh, yeah. movie news. It's Storm to Road to the Movies. Let's go. <laughs> Whoa, Christopher. <laughs> I gotta ask Tone, where'd you disappear to there for a sec? Dee -dee 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 -dee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's the evening show. I can't do this in the mornings because I typically work, so <laughs> And we're about Let's open a little of the bubble. We're about halfway through this show, so uh, you know he's not starting so early that uh, he slows down by the end. Yeah, well, it sucks because I gotta get up early and do the Phoenix show tomorrow. Well, I actually got a chiropractor first and then do that, but uh, it just sounded good. Yeah, a little bedtime juice. All right. Well, in any case, uh, we're gonna kick things off yeah. with the trailer of the week. It is a movie trailer that just dropped uh, within the last. 11 hours 24 so. hours yeah, yeah yeah this morning it dropped and uh it looks really good you know if you were a fan of the original i think this one will do it justice we are talking dennis Villanueva's trailer for dune 
God, I'm so glad you said the name and not me. <laughs> uh, looks great. I mean, you've got some great, great actors in it. Uh, obviously, uh, starring Timothy Chalamet, who all the uh, little girls go uh, crazy for. I, I don't see the uh, the excitement, but uh, you also have Oscar Isaac, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya, Josh Brolin, Jason Momoa, Javier Bardem, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, um, just a who's who of uh, you know pop culture actors. The movie looks fantastic, and for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, Dennis Villanueva's um, work, he did the most recent um, uh, Blade Runner movie, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He did the movie Arrival and uh, Sicario, so uh, he's got some great directing chops. And we're going to post the trailer onto our Facebook page, but. Uh, it looks good. It looks downright good. Yeah. Well, I, I watched it right before we started the show. Um, and I looked at Chris uh, via Zoom. Yep. He's not here in the room with me, but I looked at him and said, oh, okay. So you take Drax the Destroyer, Mary Jane, and uh, Aquaman, throw him in a and Star Poe Wars Dameron. type world. And, and, and Poe Dameron's in there too. Yeah. You kind of, best of all worlds in a remake. So. Uh, no, it looks awesome. If I didn't know it was a remake, I'd be like, damn, that looks really good. Well, that's the thing. And I'm still saying it looks really good, especially for a remake. It looks damn good. Yeah, and you won't have had to have seen the 1984 David Lynch film to enjoy this one. Definitely check out the uh, trailer. And the neat thing to know about this is it comes out two days before my birthday, December 18th. So I know what it's I'm going to be doing. It's your birthday. <laughs> do, 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 do. That's what I'm going to be doing for my birthday. All right. Yes. So trailer of the week is Dune. Let's move on to uh, more movie news. Marvel reportedly will not be recasting T'Challa for Black Panther 2. Over a week after the news of Chadwick Boseman's tragic death, fans are discussing the best way to respect and remember the Black Panther star. He's going to get a statue in his hometown. There will be a memorial in Hollywood, and I suspect upcoming MCU movies will find a way to pay tribute to Bozeman's T'Challa on screen. Beyond that, though, folks have been looking to the future to think about how to tackle Black Panther 2. Marvel Studios have a couple of options here. Most obvious is simply not making the film, though I doubt Bozeman would have wanted the series to end with him. Another is digitally recreating the actor in the same manner as Carrie Fisher and Paul Walker were re resurrected for their posthumous performances. Personally, I think the author of this thinks that they could get away with doing this for a single scene, but it'd be disaster if it didn't look right. Just look at Gemini Man. Uh, one avenue that's definitely being ruled out though is recasting the role of T'Challa. According to the sources close to WGTC, the same ones that told us uh, Ben Affleck is returning for The Flash and She-Hulk's show is coming to Disney Plus, both of which were correct. The studio plans to write T'Challa out of the MCU via an off-screen death and have Shuri take the mantle of Black Panther, as she did in the comics. Tony, do you think that's the way to go? Do you think Shuri's uh, a big enough character to carry the Black Panther mantle? Or what I think they should do is somehow, obviously they've traveled through time and, and space and multiverse, bring uh, Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger character back to take up that mantle. Yeah, I think uh, you would definitely hit the at least the female uh, lead there, but you're kind of already building that with Thor 
Mm -hmm. uh, with Love and Thunder. Obviously, Natalie Portman's going to eventually be the new Thor. And then uh, you've already kind of got a lot of great female power, which is awesome. The more the merrier. And I think eventually, yes, you know, I think they would have eventually built for her to be the one to take over. Um, I, I'd be okay with it. I think it'd be fine. I also like your idea of bringing back Killmonger. Um, maybe they have a struggle, like, you know, now that the MCU, everything's changed. I don't know what the new MCU looks like. Nobody you know? does at we this got... point. We were supposed to get Black yeah, Widow so... <laughs> uh, in spring. <laughs> yeah, just get an idea of how this is going to go. But uh, Lacey agrees they think the sister should be uh, the Black Panther. Um, It happened in the comics. I, I feel like it could be good enough. Same writing team, same everything. It's unfortunate, um, uh, you know, with Chadwick Boseman uh, passing away, which absolutely is just sad, sucks. But uh, it is life, um, and uh, I think the best way to do it is definitely don't recast him. No. You don't bring in another. No. You just don't do it. That'd be like saying uh, it's always a risk, right? Like you did it with the Hulk, with Edward Norton when he left. Right. And you brought Mark Ruffalo in. Yeah. You're kind of like, but it's, that version of the Hulk work, but wasn't officially in the MCU. They were still trying to figure things out. Now that these characters and these actors have been solidified, yeah. it would be just too weird to uh, try to recast it. And even though they did yeah. it with uh, Rhodey, you know, uh, um, where they had Terrence Howard as Rhodey originally, and then they brought Don Cheadle exactly. in, exactly. Yeah. See, sometimes it could be dumb, but they were also not the main character. Exactly. They were just side characters. When side ones, you can usually get away with that. But uh, yeah, I just, I don't think you recast it. I think you, you definitely have somebody to take on the new role mm -hmm. and you carry on with that franchise. It was a great, great movie. Um, you know, it was, it's great. It played a big part in Avengers uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Yep. So yeah. You, you keep the story going and you just memorialize them. I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. So it looks like Shuri's probably more than likely the one to uh, pick up that mantle. But, uh, you know, I, uh, Shuri, she's a superstar. I think uh, Marvel's got their head in the right place that uh, they'll treat yeah. it right. And they'll give uh, Chadwick Boseman a, a wonderful send off. Yeah, one, it'll be good because now they can memorialize in the MCU world, obviously, Black Panther, Black Widow, Iron Man, um, and past other characters that have passed, you know, but those are the three biggest ones yeah. I could think of because Quicksilver didn't get the good send off, but no, no. Nah. But uh, so in any case, we move on. Obviously, as we get more news on that, we will let you guys know something we talked about a little bit earlier. In August, you're getting an excellent, excellent. <laughs> uh, so, uh, boy, lost my train of thought. I throw you off, yeah. Woo. Well, it's late, you know. Words are hard. It's getting a little late. It's a little. It's nine o'clock. My time, ten o'clock. Time, 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 time to let your hair down. If I actually it's eleven o'clock for the Endros, there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in any case, so in August, Reed Pop announced that the New York Comic Con will not take place at the Javits Center in New York City this year. Javits! Instead, get the button ready. Due to the coronavirus pandemic... Oh, coronavirus! Here we go! Coronavirus! <laughs> coronavirus! It's what, bitch! The Metaverse Virtual Convention will take its place. 
Today, ReadPop revealed a lineup of panels that will take place during the virtual event, including panels from Marvel's Television Wing, three panels spotlighting the Walking Dead franchise, a Doctor Who panel, and more. In addition to the panels streaming live and on-demand via YouTube, ReadPop will also create virtual meet-and-greets, live Q&As, personalized autographs, videos, and professional workshops. ReadPop is also creating a virtual marketplace where exhibitors and creators can share items. Um, and hopefully they do it a lot better than San Diego Comic-Con at home. So many issues with that, but hopefully they learn from it. Now, some of the Well, it's easy. Start lifting what you learn from uh, the DC fandom. Yep. You know, that, that was just perfect. So some of the panels that you can expect is uh, Get Heated with the cast and creators of Hulu's Hellstrom, uh, a Marvel series. Conversation behind the scenes look at Hulu's new horror series, Monsterland. The cast of Marvel's MODOK reveals first look at Hulu's new animated series. From the Nightmares of Clive Barker, a conversation with the cast of Hulu's Books of Blood. It's time for Animaniacs, voice cast and producer panel. Metaverse presents Lost Anniversary Fan Q&A with Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. ArcherCast Trivia Showdown, What We Do in the Shadows, Spotlight on Doctor Who, First Look at BBC America's newest series, <laughs> AMC's The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, The Walking Dead World Beyond, uh, Cast of Stars American Gods, T-Season 3, The Sound of Sandman with Neil Gaiman and Friends, DC Stargirl Cast, um, and just, I mean, a, a huge list. I, I Too many for me to, to read off, but uh, something worth checking out. The only thing I'm not seeing here is when it actually takes place. Um, it's going to be... Please hold. Oh, October 8th through October 11th. It's coming up. Yeah. So about a month from now. Actually, yeah, I'll share it on the Facebook page. You guys can follow along. and It's actually exactly a month from now. Oh, nice. Yeah, hope they got some time to dial this in because uh, the San Diego Virtual Comic Con sucks. Wasn't great. Exclusives were almost impossible to get. Uh, oh, I, that pissed me off. Yeah. Like, this, here we are. We have this many. Here's the website. There you go. Bye bye. <laughs> Only for a thousand scalpers to buy the damn things. Right. So uh, hopefully they'll treat it a little bit better, but uh, we will find out in about a month. All right, and so moving on to our final story in movie news, it's a little more toy news, but it says, uh, in the galaxy far, far away, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy than the Moss Eisley Cantina. But now fans of Star Wars must be extra cautious about that poorly lit tavern on Tat Tatooine, and not because they might end up with uh, the wrong end of a blaster. They must be cautious about the damage it can do to their wallets, since Lego, has announced a massive new set based on the infamous watering hole from A New Hope. And this fantastic collection includes a lineup of minifigs that is most impressive. And so it's a 3,187 piece cantina and you have minifigs of Obi-Wan, Luke Han Solo, uh, the Millennium Falcon, Greedo, um, boy, Greedo. so many, the cantina band, um, oh God, the, uh, the, I want to say the guy who loses his arm, which I can't think of what his name, uh, Panda Baba, Garandin, and Labria. Boy, so many names, but uh, this is a huge set. The only thing I'm not seeing here, which I'm sure is at the bottom because they don't want to give us sticker shock. Yep. This set will set you back $349.99. Ouch. 
Yeah, they, those bigger Lego sets are expensive, man. They're very cool. Uh, I think the Disney Castle ran around there, and I think the Ghostbuster uh, setup was uh, pretty pricey too. Yeah, I had that so. one. I think it was about three hundred bucks, but uh, that one was that was so much fun to put together and have. Kind of bummed I got rid of it, but uh, this one looks looks awesome. It's definitely for the Star Wars collector, and uh, yeah, it should be pretty cool. It's nice. Did you end up selling the Ghostbuster one? Huh? I did. I did. I didn't have room for it. Hey, well, that's okay. You got to build it, had it, were able to sell it off. That's always a good thing. Yeah, and that's most of the fun is putting it together. Right. All right. Yeah, no, it looks cool. We'll share that. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be expensive. But, man, it's it's pretty cool looking, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely not something you get, uh, you know, your little kids for Christmas. You know, you're probably better off no. with the 20 to $50 sets there. Yeah. 3,187 pieces of fun mm -hmm. houses. All right. Well, that does it for movie news. Tony, get that button ready because we are headed into video games. You like the video games? I do, too. Hey, man, you want to play some video games? I do. So <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we got information and a look at uh, the PS5. Well, now Microsoft has confirmed the November 10 release date for the Xbox Series S, as well as the rum rumored specs, thanks to a new trailer. As previously leaked, the Xbox Series S is an all-digital console capable of running games at 1440p, kind of a weird number, and up to 120 mm -hmm. frames per second. It will support DirectX ray tra tracking, ray tracing. I, I want to say it's ray tracing, but I think they misspelled it here. Anyway, and 4K upscaling for games. Now, Microsoft has confirmed the existence of the Xbox Series S and that it will retail for $299. It will also be the smallest Xbox ever, according to the company's tweet. Now, the Xbox Series X, which is the big dog, and Series S will allegedly both launch on November 10th, 2020, and uh, the Series X will be $499, while the mm -hmm. Series S is $299. Furthermore, the console designed for the Xbox Series S, um, you know, we saw that there. As reported by Windows Central, multiple sources have confirmed uh, the cost at retail with a $35 per month Xbox all-access financing option, while the entry yeah. level, level uh, Xbox Series S will cost $299, as we said, and have a $25 per month Xbox All Access financing option as well. That's interesting that they're uh, giving that option to people who maybe can't shell out 500 bucks or 300 bucks. Yeah, absolutely. Micah had told me about that earlier today. You could actually finance it and get it right away and then just make your monthly payment, kind of like a phone. You know, you get yeah. those new uh, iPhones and stuff and you know, out of the box, those things are almost a grand. And we don't ever really think about that because you're just like, oh, I'm upgrading my phone. And then it just rolls into your phone bill every month and you don't, you're none the wiser because you're just like, well, I'm paying this phone bill. Well, you're paying your phone bill, but you're also paying for this phone. Right. So I think it's smart on uh, Microsoft's part, actually. I think this is going to get it in more people's hands. Yep. I think when you can justify a 35 buck a month, uh, 
fee or whatever it ends up being. I think that's what Mike had sent me a text earlier on, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 35 um, for the X and 25 for the Series S. Yeah, well, you'd go 10 bucks more, right? For the bigger and better one. Might as well, one. right? Yeah, yeah, might as well. And it's crazy because that big dog, man, the thing is huge. Yep. Uh, looks like a big tower. This little one looks like a tiny, uh, it looks like a little uh, DJ, like a little record player. Little, it does. It looks like yeah. the DJ hero controller kind of, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it'd be awesome if PlayStation, Sony puts out something similar to that. But uh, if they don't, I think this will steal a lot of those potential customers away. You know, what I would really love, and I haven't read anything about this, is I want this generation of Xbox to take every game I've ever bought in the digital store all the way back to 2006 (laughs) when I bought my first Xbox 360. Well, all my digital games that I ever bought to be accessible on this machine, and I will buy it. Well, Because I have the Xbox 360 is chilling right back here. I keep it because it has Marvel versus Capcom, Marvel versus Capcom 2, uh, Ninja Turtles, Simpsons, X-Men. Right. Games you can't get that never got to transport over to my Xbox One. Right. And games you don't want to buy over again. You know, that's... No. That's the worst. But uh, it says that uh, this one, obviously, it's more powerful. It'll take advantage of the Xbox Game Pass, and it supports backward compatibility. Now, is that just back to the previous generation like PlayStation is doing, or is it going all the way back to the beginning? I mean, that'd be badass. If it does everything from the Xbox One, then I'm on board. Cause then I don't have to rebuy everything. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I only keep the X, like I said, I keep the Xbox 360 for certain things that I can't play on the One. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to rebuy the One. I don't want to re-download all these games again. I, you know, over time, man, when you think about it, it adds up your digital purchases. Yeah, it does. Because you can't trade them in, you know. Luckily, I always, I usually only buy games if they're on sale. Mm-hmm. It's about the only time I'll ever buy them. Unless they're like, uh, uh, geez, like Ninja Turtles or, uh, you know, s- stuff that I've like, oh, God, I have to have that day one. Kind <laughs> of thing. Yeah. So. Well, if that news wasn't enough to get you to switch to Xbox, maybe this is. Xbox Today announced that the popular subscription service Xbox Game Pass is leveling up in the near future thanks to the addition of EA Play to both the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and Xbox Game Pass for PC. Best of all, EA Play is joining these two tiers, leaving out just the basic console service at no additional cost. No definitive date has been given for EA Play, which was previous e- previously EA Access and Origin Access, coming to the service beyond this holiday. Now, uh, they are teaming up uh, to give uh, players the ability to go back and play popular games from the EA franchises like Battlefield, Mass Effect, Skate, and The Sims. And uh, not only will EA Play titles be available on console and PC, this holiday, some of the best EA Play games will be available on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members to play on Android devices via the cloud at no additional charge. That's interesting. Uh, the standard uh, version of Xbox Game Pass is $9.99, or you can step up to the Game Pass Ultimate, which is just a little more expensive at $14.99 per month. Tony, is uh, are you an Ultimate or just a regular pass holder? I'm an ultimate, and I got roped into a good deal. I'm an ultimate 
uh, member until I think March of next year. I don't know how I got wrapped up into that. I think it was a special holiday bundle thing. So I have it. And let me tell you, the Xbox Game Pass is sweet. I mean, that's how I was able to get Battletoads. Like, I didn't have to buy Battletoads. I got to play that right out the gate. Streets of Rage 4, got to play it right out the nice. gate. Um, the only thing I don't like, and I think, and I could be wrong, I have to do more research on it. Mike, if you're watching, I know you've done a lot of research. Feel free to correct me. But I think that this is going to be cloud-based, kind of what Stadia wanted to be. Right. Um, so you don't have to download all this crap. It's... Uh, Jeez, oh, they had Red Dead Redemption 2, which I really wanted to play. Mm -hmm. And the thing is like 300 gigabytes, oh, you yeah. know. It just, geez louise, man. If you don't have that much space, then you're kind of effed. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's nuts. Well, and the um, thing is, they and they don't mention it here, but uh, two of the more popular EA games are uh, Star Wars Battlefront and Madden. And uh, so I would assume you get to play those games as well, as long as you've got uh, the proper version of Game Pass. Yeah, now that would be sweet because the Maddens every year, like Mike told me, the, this year's Madden, he loves it because you can play NCAA on there. Oh, really? Just certain teams, yeah. So you can actually play the Big Ten so uh, or the bigger conferences. So I think USC's in it. Ooh. I know Nebraska's in it. Um, so there's, you know, there's some cool stuff in there which fans haven't got. Now... Obviously, some people feel it's just a turd polished with some new paint because um, the last few years have been – they've gotten lazy. They just put a new – they just charge a lot of money for updated rosters. So if you're getting it with the pass, then that's a hell of a deal. Um, Mike did tell me um, could have – cloud base would be amazing. I haven't read into that. They should do it. I, I thought they were going to do that. Um, I, I don't know, man. I think adding EA with this is it's awesome, man. Although EA makes a lot of crappy games, though, too. They take a lot of games that look pretty, yeah, and then it's they're Decepticons. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at you, Star Wars Battlefront One and Two. Looks beautiful, but the game's a pile of crap. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. You know, they were fun for what they were, but uh, you know, not not the uh, um, not the not Star for the Wars price you pay, yeah. 60 wow. something bucks and then you discount it a year later to five dollars f you and looking through this it is, looks like this is how it should be looks like a titanfall was actually an ea game which those games were a lot of fun yeah they were the big mech games oh, yeah. absolutely this is why i don't buy games right away anymore i wait a little bit and then they're discounted quite quite nicely oh yeah all right well mortal Kombat, another big thing all that dlc stuff you can catch on good sales that's how you upgrade <laughs> all right moving on from uh, xbox game pass over to assassin's creed valhalla well valhalla. that game is one of the most anticipated releases of the year and ubisoft has surprised Ubi. fans by revealing it will release it a little early and i say just a little early the original release date for valhalla was November 17th, but Ubisoft has decided to bump that release date up to November 10th. So a whole week in advance. The official... Yeah, well, it's perfect because it's going to launch the day of the Xbox Series X. I mean, that's That's the way to huge. do it. The official... That's huge. The official... Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's coming out of the day of the Xbox. <laughs> It'd be wonderful. The official Assassin's Creed account shared the news on social media, and the move seems tied to the recently revealed release date like you said, of the Xbox Series X, 
which was revealed just the other day to be on the 10th. It remains to be seen when the PS5 will release, but we don't expect it to move again if Sony's console is released on a different date. If it is on the same day, though, Valhalla will benefit a lot from the hype of launch day. So uh, that game looks awesome. You know, I, Assassin's Creed, oh, like the Madden games, you know, they would redo some of them every year. Rehashes, reskins. This is just a completely whole new game that uh, oh, looks amazing. It does. I just want to I want to give Denny a shout out. Him and his... Uh... What is that? Amon Amarth? That Viking man's Vikings! Where's the shield? That's <laughs> all I know from Amon Amarth. <laughs> Not my cup of tea. But uh, Denny likes it, and that Denny's a huge Viking guy, so he's excited for this game. I think it looks badass. It, it looks excellent. So looks very cool. All right, and let's move on to our final story, not only of the show, but also video game news. Well, Nintendo. Yellow video game. Nintendo has announced Hyrule Warriors. Warriors. Hyrule. <laughs> Age of Calamity, a new game set a hundred years before The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and it will be released on Switch on November twentieth. Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity will allow players to learn more about Zelda, the four champions: Mifa, Rivali, Urbosa, and Daruk, the King of Hyrule, and more through dramatic cutscenes as they try to save the kingdom from calamity this new game which is being developed by koei tecmo and will let players experience the great calamity referenced in breath of the wild for themselves will have link zelda and more use their distinct abilities to take down everything from barbaric bokoblins <laughs> to towering linnells and so uh i played briefly the last hyrule warriors game which was really just sort of a beat-em-up you know uh, a what type of game do they call it where you just have waves of enemy c coming after you? Oh, they're, uh, oh gosh, what are they called? I, they, I don't know, but they're uh, like dynasty warriors and things like that, where it's just, uh, nonstop, uh, wave games. I, I, dang it. I'm drawing a blank, but I know what you mean, brother. Yeah. So this looks to be another one of those, but, uh, you know, if you're a Zelda fan, it's, uh, you know, definitely going to move the story along and, uh, you know, it looks like it could be a lot of fun. The graphics look amazing. Um, probably one I won't be picking up on Switch, but uh, you know what? You never know. The boys may uh, want it at some point. Yeah. You know, I played the first one. I liked it, but uh, it definitely is not your typical Zelda game. No. It is a hack and slasher. Um, and it's just like you just go through waves and waves and waves. But at least there's story to it. And the graphics look fantastic. So... Um, I think it's going to be a big hit, but uh, yeah, man, that's not the game I'm excited for. I'm, I'm excited. I know we didn't add it in there, but we'll uh, just jam it in there anyways. Uh, but the, <laughs> the Super Mario All-Stars collection was announced, yep. uh, the 3D collection. Uh, Super Mario uh, 3D All-Stars launches, if you're watching this, today is September 9th. Um, so coming out next Friday, September 18th. You can go get uh, the three games in, in one package. It's Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy, all in one nice package for your Nintendo Switch. High-resolution graphics. They didn't go back and redo the graphics. They just upscaled and made them sharper, which, you know, hopefully Mario 64 can hold up well with that. It's going to be interesting to play that. Um, 
I haven't played that one in a long time, no, but uh, re- great game for for the time. Yeah, I remember it being so much fun. Me too. I'm excited. I, the only thing that bums me out about this, um, and there's no word why, uh, where the hell was Ga- uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2? Right. That's the, that's the thing. And then they also announced that Super Mario uh, World, uh, Super Mario World 3D, the, the one that was on the Wii U, that one's going to now drop... Uh, in February, as a re-release, it's going to include some other game called Bowser's Fury. Um, that game was fantastic. Um, I know a lot of people didn't get to play it because the Wii U sucked. It, not many people <laughs> had it, let's yep. just be honest. Yeah, all the best games that were on there, like Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker, uh, Mario Kart 8, uh, Zelda's... Um, actually, Zelda, none of the Zelda games made it off that one, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, Donkey Kong Country, the Freeze, Hyrule Warriors, and a few other games they ported over uh, to the uh, to the Switch. Um, uh, Smash Brothers was another one. Yeah. They took Smash Brothers and made it way better. They basically gave you better versions of those games for the Switch. And uh, yeah, you know, and this one's going to be getting the same treatment. Fantastic Mario game. So uh, all in the uh, celebration of Mario's 35th. So if you're a big fan, you can check that out. If you have a Switch now. You have the online. You can look forward to uh, Super Mario All-Stars for the Super Nintendo. You can download now, free. I mean, you're paying for the online service, but it's free. And then uh, in October, they're going to do a game called Super Mario Brothers 35, where you'll play against 35 other players. And it's kind of like Tetris 99. That was free, that you could play against other players, drop more bricks. Well, Mario's going to go insane. You're going to play the original Mario Brothers. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, looks awesome. I know um, I'm very excited about it. I'm excited everything Mario. Uh, most Mario games get me excited, so I'm pumped <laughs> for that stuff. Well, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the uh, 3D Mario All-Stars is going to be a limited release too, so uh, get it while you yeah, can. It's, yeah, yeah, it's only available to March 31st, um, so you can get the physical copies. Uh, they'll be available at Target, Best Buy, Walmart, Amazon. You can pre-order now. Uh, there's some pre-order goodies if you do that. There's some stickers. Um, there's a Super Mario pin set from Nintendo. If you follow all the steps, you can earn this special uh, commemorative button set, uh, which is pretty neat if you're a diehard Mario fan. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, after March 31st, I have no idea what the hell they're going to do with it. It just becomes a collector's item. I, I don't know what they're going to do with it. I have no idea. It's kind of weird that it's a limited run. But uh, who knows? Nintendo's kind of a strange company sometimes. They they do things that they march their own beat of their own drum. So. <laughs> well, being that we're doing this show once every two weeks, I have a feeling we'll have a uh, review f- ready for you guys. Absolutely. Come the next show. Absolutely. Oh, also, too, I know we got to wrap this sucker up. Avengers is out now on uh, Xbox and PlayStation 4, PC. It's not on the it's not on the Switch. Uh, fantastic game from what I've played so far. So uh, do yourselves a favor, um, pick that up. You can get it uh, ten bucks cheaper everywhere else at uh, the old Costco. Just saying, go get it there. <laughs> a little but, shameless uh, yeah, plug man, at the end. Shameless plug. From what I've played so far, I'm giving it a thumbs up thus far. Very cool. Well, folks, that does it for this episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. As always, we truly appreciate you guys uh, tuning in, whether it's live, you're catching us in replay, maybe on the podcast. And, uh, you know, as long as you guys keep supporting us, we'll keep putting out new episodes. 
at this point, once every two weeks or so. Uh, be sure to check us out all over social media, especially on our Facebook page where we post most of these articles. And uh, yeah, you know, we look forward to putting together a new show for you guys in a couple weeks. That's all I got, Tony. Anything you want to take us out on? Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor Breaker, Goozer, Dozer, Doozer. <laughs> Are you a god? I don't know. Tune into the Phoenix show every day, Monday through Friday. You can catch us two goofballs. Until then, see you in two weeks. Later, Gators. Take us out, Tom. I am. Hasta la vista, baby. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Woo! Mommy, where's Fluffy?